From the Bible, today we're going to be learning about the mystery of the massive sapphire. And in our Bible study, we're going to look at the everlasting gospel. So grab your Bible and a friend and join us. of Mr. G's ancestor, Count Theobald, and a massive sapphire has been in my mind ever since I was a little girl and first met the G's. My story begins on my 11th birthday and relates to Mr. G's Bible lesson today on the everlasting gospel. I used the $450 I had saved up to buy an airplane ticket to visit Mr. G's mother in Fresno, California. She introduced herself to many as Granny Goose Gonk Gonk. I think she thought of the name when she was reading to her first grade students the story about Granny Goose, and over the years, residents of Fresno, California shortened her name to Granny G. Granny G lived in Fresno, California for most of her life before moving to New Garden, Ohio. Close to Fresno is the nearby town of Selma, and this sleepy little town formed my lifelong dream to be crowned Raisin Queen of the San Joaquin Valley. In order to fulfill my dream meant I would have to prove the legend of the missing sapphire to be true by finding that brilliant gem that measured 2 inches by 1.2 inches high. Granny G's ancestor, Count Theobald, had dug up the sapphire hundreds of years ago in the mountains of Kashmir near India, made a map with a riddle, traveled by boat to California, and trekked up the San Joaquin Valley in central California where he hid it inside of a secret passage in a pink castle. When I arrived at Granny G's house, she said, Peanut, honey. When you get to 38592 Road 74, you'll pass the Pink Castle. I watched Granny G sniff the bouquet of red roses I had brought her. She said, Peanut, if you make it through the Valley of the Raisins, you will find yourself on a long dirt road. Where few dare to pass in the winter for the thickness of the fog. So I'm going with you. The roses are a gift, I said. Enid, thank you so much for these beautiful red roses. These will die, and I would love some artificial flowers, too. Okay, I replied. I'll shop for some artificial flowers before we start on our journey. The next morning, I got the artificial flowers for Granny G, and then we set out on our journey by bicycle to see if we could discover the secret passage in the pink castle.
finally got there, it was already evening, and the moon was completely hidden by thick cloud cover and heavy fog. Suddenly, it became darker as all the lights of the town turned off. A blackout. I felt around in my book bag for my cell phone, but I had left the batteries run low. My call to Detective Friesen of the Fresno Police Department, Granny G's nephew, was short but revealed that the Pacific Gas and Electric Company had been struck by lightning, so that darkness covered the entire San Joaquin Valley in California. Nonetheless, we continued our journey towards the Pink Castle, praying that God would give us strength. Suddenly, I saw a light in the distance that beamed from the hills to my right. My heart began to race. I was sure the light was coming from what looked like a trailer home in the distance on Gunther Mountain, which must have been powered by a generator. Through the darkness, Granny and I were being guided by the light from that trailer on Gunther Mountain, the only light we had. Doubts as to the truthfulness of the legend of the massive sapphire began to cross my mind. Many of the G's relatives doubted the legend, but Granny G and Detective Friesen were convinced it was true. I was fascinated by all of this, but I still had my own doubts that the legend was true. We slowed our pace when we reached the rows of grapevines that lined the dirt road. When I saw the shadows of raisin trays that seemed to stretch for miles, we had arrived at California's Valley of the Raisins, just like Granny G had said. We had biked for 30 miles, and we were just five miles from the Pink Castle. Our legs felt like jelly underneath us, but we kept on. My own personal thoughts focused now on my lifetime dream to be crowned Raisin Queen of the San Joaquin Valley. My doubts about whether the legend was true surged in my mind once again, and I strongly doubted that I would ever be crowned Raisin Queen. Another hour passed, and we reached a cornfield. That's it, Peanut. Three eight five nine two Road seventy four is a mile away. Oh, oh! I'm so tired. I feel like collapsing. I see it, Granny G. I see the pink castle in the distance. Here, take a drink from my water bottle. We're almost there. We can't stop now. Okay, Peanut. You're right. Let's go. You know the pink castle was built hundreds of years ago by our ancestor Count Theobald himself. Finally, we reached the pink castle. The next few hours seemed endless. As I lifted old floorboards, peeked inside creepy closets, and opened doors that squeaked loudly. As dawn began to break, I opened a door and it was a secret passage. I began to run through across the stone walkway. The passage ended abruptly by a patch of dirt, and I saw a rusty shovel covered with cobwebs nearby. I started digging, following Granny G's careful instructions. Suddenly. The shovel struck something metal, sending a dull shock up my back, like hitting your funny bone by accident. More digging uncovered a small chest. We had found the massive sapphire. 
As we emerged from the secret passageway, we were surprised to see a police car with its lights flashing. It was Detective Friesen who had followed us to the Pink Castle. Well, Peanut was never crowned Raisin Queen of the San Joaquin Valley for finding the massive sapphire. But about a year and a half later, she was passing by the Pink Castle with two of her brothers, and she spotted a fire in one of the towers and called nine one one. And because of that, the mayor of Selma decided to honor her by crowning her. Raisin Queen of the San Joaquin Valley, where I had been crowned Raisin Queen fifty years earlier, almost to the day. In today's Bible lesson, we're going to talk about the everlasting gospel. Mr. G, what is the gospel? Lizzie, the word gospel in the Bible comes from a Greek word which is used about a hundred times in the New Testament. It means good message. Many in the world say that the gospel means happy or good news. The truth is that gospel means truthful message. Joy, will you read Second Thessalonians one seven through eight? Okay, Mister G. Second Thessalonians one seven through eight says, "And to you who are troubled, rest with us, when the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels, in flaming fire, taking vengeance on them that know not God, and that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ." The gospel includes the message of judgment. For those that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, this judgment is everlasting. Mr. G, what does everlasting mean? Everlasting, Lizzie, means it never ends or never changes. God has a salvation plan to pardon His elect people from their sins and from everlasting punishment in hell. Lizzie, will you please read Acts twenty-four twenty-five? Sure, Mr. G. Acts twenty-four twenty-five. And I see reason of righteousness, temperance, and judgment to come. Felix trembled and answered, "Go thy way for this time. When I have a convenient season, when I have a convenient season, I will call for thee." Thanks, Lizzie. Paul was telling God's salvation plan to a Roman judge named Felix, whom Paul had to appear before. When Judge Felix heard the message of salvation, he trembled. Mister G, my teacher Miss Smith promised me earlier today that she would sing a song about the gospel. I will sing of my Redeemer, is what it's called. That's great, Peanut. Before we listen to Miss Smith sing, let me introduce the memory verse that this hymn comes from: Titus two fourteen through fifteen. Who gave Himself for us, that He might redeem us from all iniquity, and purify unto Himself a peculiar people, zealous of good works? These things speak and exhort and rebuke with all authority. Let no man despise thee. Mister G, I can say the verse by memory. 
That's wonderful, Joey. Let's hear you say the verse. Titus two fourteen through fifteen, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity, and purify unto himself a peculiar people, zealous of good works. These things speak, and exhort and rebuke with all authority. Let no man despise thee. You said it perfectly, Joey. Now, Rudy, can you repeat the verse one more time? Sure, Grandpa. Titus two fourteen through fifteen. Who gave himself for us, that he might redeem us from all iniquity, and purify unto himself a peculiar people, zealous of good works. These things speak and exhort and rebuke with all authority. Let no man despise thee. Miss Smith will now sing a hymn about God's gospel plan. I will sing of my Redeemer. I will sing of my Redeemer and His wondrous love to me. On the cruel cross He suffered, from the cross to set me free. Sing, oh, sing of my Redeemer. Treasure of the everlasting gospel, we find salvation from hell, and that salvation is a gift of God, apart from any human effort. Well, boys and girls, it looks like we've come to the end of our program today. We hope you enjoyed it. If you have any questions or comments, or if you'd like a free audio CD of any of these programs, please write to Treasures from the Bible and Outreach of Bible Ministries International. 
Care Family Radio, Oakland, California, 94621 USA. Today's program is number 074. The title is The Mystery of the Massive Sapphire. May God richly bless you with His salvation. Thanks for listening, and be sure and tune in next week when we'll learn something new from the Bible, more precious than even finding a massive sapphire. Bye!